Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, February 28th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, I am back after a... You are back, confirmed. ...an absence that was a day longer than I had initially anticipated. Yes. I had originally planned on just missing Wednesday's show because I was going to the national tour of Mean Girls at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts. But on Tuesday afternoon, my brother texted me and said, Hey, I won the Hamilton lottery for Miami um, at the Adrian Arst Center. So on Wednesday, my brother and I drove down. Not We left five hours before the show. It was an adventure getting there. We'll get to that. I will have reviews for both Mean Girls and Hamilton at the end of the show. I will tell you, I loved one of them. Ooh, wow. What a teaser. (laughs) Strongly disliked the other. Oh, and which is which might surprise you. Yeah, I was just, I was, that's exactly the way I was going to say it. It's like a clickbaity thing. Yeah. Except non-clicking. <laughs> yeah. Here's, <laughs> here's a list of nine things that you didn't know about Hamilton. Um, unfortunately, Ashley, we do have some sad news that I want to start the show off with real quickly. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, it was all over social media that Australian actor Peter Sade had passed away. If you're unfamiliar with his name, if you saw Desperate uh, Measures Off-Broadway, um, it kind of ran for over the course of two years. He played the sheriff in that, the big, stra- tall, strapping uh, sheriff. He passed away, it sounds like, on Thursday. Uh, no, Not a ton of details um, confirmed actually what happened, but he did post on Valentine's Day that he was in the hospital and had been there for uh, the, the toughest two weeks of his life. I've seen some people commenting about a heart issue. So I don't know the details, but um, he was great in desperate measures. I saw him down here in Florida, actually as John Jasper in a great production of the mystery of Edwin Drew at the um, Riverside theater over in Vero beach. And he was fantastic. I saw it after I saw um, desperate measures, I believe Um, maybe I'm getting the timeline confused, but either way um, he was fantastic in both of those shows. So he will be missed in a ton of people on social media sending out um, their love to him and his mm-hmm. loved ones. And just horrific. So young as well. It was only yeah. 36. Yeah, he was 36. Yeah. yeah, 36 years old. So uh, really, really sad. But um, for something a little bit more uh, exciting, just not to take the most abrupt left turn uh, possible, on Thursday I interviewed one of my favorite Broadway people, uh, Haley Pichoon. Um, I've been wanting to talk to her about some of the crazy stuff that she does outside of the theater for a long time. And I finally was able to, um, reach out to her through our friends over at Broad Wasted and, uh, and set up an interview. The two main things that I wanted to talk to her about were last year, she spent a couple months as a guest host on QVC, which is oh, fun. Okay. very cool. Yeah. And then the thing that I kind of like centered everything around was, I guess earlier this month, maybe in January, she launched a new YouTube show called The Broadway Bachelorette, where her Mm -hmm. and a Broadway friend sit in her bed with her dog and talk about that week's episode of The Bachelor. Um, And uh, it's very cool. I I love Haley Pachoon. She's done 117 different Broadway shows dating back to the time that she was 12 years old. She started on Broadway when she was 12. Um, and has done a bunch, but we, you know, we talk about these kind of fun QVC and the bachelor stuff, but then we also talk about like creating your own works and why she decided to kind of stop going in for ensemble mm. roles. Um, so it was a really cool conversation and I, uh, she's just one of the most, um, uh, bright and wonderful people, 
um, that I've come across uh, in the theater community. So uh, that will be an episode of Tell Me More, I believe, this weekend. But I've also I've also got one uh, with Janet DeCall coming out as well. So I've got to figure out what's going where. But um, some very fun stuff there. Yeah. And then finally, actually, this is news, I guess, technically. But you had (laughs) a tweet that that read, if I can scroll through and find it here real quick. It was talking about some news that happened on Thursday evening. You said, quote, I'm pretty sure at BWW Matt and at James Marino and I will Mm -hmm. lean a hall Mm -hmm. as Ava Perone into existence. Unfortunately, my psychic contribution is that it's in Buffalo. True. true. yeah, it appears that Lena Hall will be doing a concert production of Avita at Starring Buffaloes for two nights only on April 3rd and 4th, um, along with uh, Robbie Hager, Nicholas uh, Rodriguez, Daryl Samira, and more. Um, I will not be able to be there, but uh, it sounds They're like you sad. and James are going to have to make that trip. Yeah, a little bit of a JetBlue trip on out there. <laughs> I mean, I could. I could. It would be worth it. It would be. I, You know, I've been, because I'm born and raised in Buffalo... Uh, and that's at uh, Buffalo's 710, which is part of Shea's big theater there. Uh, I have been trying or like kind of mulling over in my brain a trip to Buffalo in April to go back and to go see Shea's and just to eat my way around Buffalo and then come back home. I may have to bump think you just figured up it out. my triple. The only problem is because it's for two nights, I think. I think it was the April 3rd and April 4th. Currently, I uh, will be preoccupied on April 3rd and Assassins, unfortunately. So I have have one day to get in there and go see it. You have one day more. Well, uh, I'm sure it'll be worth it. And uh, uh, I have a tentative interview set up with Lena about other stuff. Nice. uh, Coming up later this year. So maybe I might have to uh, involve some, some Avita stuff as well. Of course. Always. Awesome. And if you want to hear any of these special interviews that I have, go to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. That's all I'm going to say because we have so much to talk about still today. Ashley, last night, the New York Post's Michael Riedel reported that with the closing of the inheritance announced earlier this month, the Broadway production of Beetlejuice is now looking to move into the Ethel Barrymore Theater following their already announced closing date at the Winter Garden Theater on June 6th. According to Riedel, quote, Beetlejuice producers are madly crunching numbers to see if they can make the move work. They are planning on scaling the production back for the national tour, so they may well put a slimmed-down Beetlejuice in the Barrymore this summer, then decide if it stays on Broadway or hits the road. Now, the one problem that I see with this, Ashley, is that if the show Mm. closes as scheduled on June 6th at the Winter Garden Theater, which... It obviously is going to because mean uh, uh, Music Man is coming in there. Even if they build this slimmed down new version of the set separate and not have to use stuff from the, the Winter Garden set, they're still going to have to load out at the Winter Garden, load mm-hmm. in at the Barrymore, re-tech the whole show. And in a show like Beetlejuice, that tech process, I'm sure, cannot be short. And sure. because of the equity rules around those 10 and 12 rehearsals they can't be having the cast pool to show or um double duty doing rehearsals during the day yeah and shows at night so the earliest that they could start performances would be post july 4th which is obviously a huge tourist weekend and even more likely it would probably be even closer to or even in august and that's missing a huge part of your summer box office for a family show like true. this. Yeah, that's a very good but point. 
Yeah, but I mean, the house is much smaller. It's 450-ish seats, 470, 60, 70 seats fewer than the Winter Garden. So maybe this recent run of big weeks will be enough to keep things going. But mm-hmm. um, the timing is not ideal. It's obviously, not ideal. I almost, I almost feel like it would be better for them to close in April, close a little at the bit Winter earlier, Garden, sure, and, and then, then start post Tony's. That would be smart at the Barrymore. That would be very smart. I think mm-hmm. they might want to might want to look into maybe doing that. I because essentially, you know, they they've already announced that they're not going to recoup by their closing on June sixth. And as we've talked about before, the set is going to be so expensive to break down and move, and all these additional rules you have, but. Uh, I, I guess, you know, they want to keep it open as long as possible, of course, so they can at least try and make back as much money as, as possible. So they likely won't close early, but I do agree that that is probably the smartest because you would think it would even out by having so many people come in over the summer that they're now going to lose. I mean, seriously, uh, if doing this show for nearly four years, which it'll be four years here in a couple of weeks, um, if if I haven't gotten a Broadway producing consulting job by now, like what what is wrong with this world? <laughs> seriously, someone's I'm not listening hard enough. Oh, don't don't uh, walk it back. Be like, I oh, no, want a Broadway producing job. I Matt I'm Tamanini. I Matt Tamanini. I'm an idiot and you don't want me anywhere near anything important. I mean, you um, could say that about many producers. <laughs> but, I, can, I'm saying I can think me. of at least one. Yeah, well, either way. <laughs> uh, all right, Ashley, I'm going to run through some quick off-Broadway review roundups uh, because we've had a bunch of stuff. You skipped this first mm-hmm. show in, in the is. episodes when I was gone because you don't want to be spoiled. Yes. Now, I'm sorry. It is our job uh, mm. to talk about this. Mm. So I'm going to try mm-hmm. because for time and other stuff i'm just going to do two reviews for each show but this first one i have to talk about dana h at the vineyard theater this is by lucas hanaith and starring kind of deirdre o'connell and directed by les waters i feel like this was another one of those bait and switches like the medea thing out at bam um when i read the review by helen shaw and vulture she explained what this is and it blew my mind and it made me even more angry that i didn't see it when I was in town, which I discussed with James earlier this week, but I'm a moron and I keep letting down the people at the vineyard because I don't see their stuff and it's like the best stuff imaginable. So I screwed that up. Either way, here's Helen, part of Helen Shaw's review in Vulture. And this is explaining basically how this show is structured. When playwright Lucas Hanath was away at college in 1997, something terrible happened to his mother, Dana Higginbotham. At the time, Hanath didn't know, never went home to Orlando. I didn't know he was from Orlando. And according to his intense docu-play, Dana H. was almost entirely out of touch. Even now, having written, or more accurately composed, a play out of his mother's uh, accounts of those events, Hanath still seems far, far away. His name is on the poster as the author, but in every obvious way, his craftsman's hand and imagination have been held at a distance. According to a note in the program and a super title that appears before the performance, Hanath asked fellow theater maker Steve Cosson to interview Higginbotham for several days. Quote, but what you are about to watch the note tells us before the 75-minute performance, has been cut together from those taped interviews, and the actress playing my mother will lip-sync to Dana's actual voice. 
we hear the real Dana. We watch the actress Deirdre O'Connell as her avatar. We're allowed to pretend that the credited author, who must have edited and shaped hours of material, has had no part in it. Writing about the show itself, uh, uh, Helen Shaw says, quote, The actual show is like a fire behind a door. Every time I put my hand against the memory, it's hot. Shortly, briefly here, Ben Brantley from the New York Times said, quote, First impressions might suggest otherwise, but Lucas Hanath's Dana H., a one-woman drama that explodes expectations at every turn, is one of the richest, most complete works of theater to come along in many seasons. And by its end, you realize that this singular power could be achieved only in real time, on a stage, with a live audience as its witness. I that sounds very hate myself. in itself, yeah. Between I that and hate myself. Room? Right. Those two shows, I cannot tell you how angry I am that I passed up not only chances to see Fair. these, but chances to get comps to see these shows. <laughs> I hate myself so much right I'm now. I'm sorry to that I missed both of those shows. that I have comps right. to see the show. I'm happy for you. Thank I want you. people to see Thank this you. kind of stuff. I am mad at myself that I did it's not. Fair. So these sound one that sounds Can, wonderful I and totally up my alley show and to be fair the only reason i skipped reviews is not necessarily that i didn't want to be spoiled because i didn't know all of that that you mentioned in the reviews and i right, right, right. the structure of that is incredible uh i think even helen shaw had said essentially like i don't mean to like bash my own baby or something but don't read my review because you should yeah. go in knowing absolutely nothing absolutely about right. the show Absolutely right, but um, I'm not going to see it, anyway. so I'm going to spoil it for as many Thank people. Thank you. Uh, because, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the other show that I wanted to do quick reviews on is the Transport Groups, uh, the unsinkable Molly Brown. It of course stars Beth Malone, and it is um, featuring a almost wholly brand new book by Dick Scanlon. It is directed and choreographed by Kathleen Marshall. Elizabeth Vincentelli, who wrote the review for the New York Times, said, "Quote." The resilient heroine of the Meredith Wilson musical The Unsinkable Molly Brown was always an upbeat go-getter with an action-packed journey that took her from a hard-scrabble Rockies mining town to the Denver upper crust. But the transport group revival that just opened at Abrams Art Center has turned Molly into a human exclamation mark. The production is simultaneously busy and lifeless, a feat of sorts, if not a desirable one. Raven Snook uh, wrote the review for Time Out New York and gave it three out of five stars. She said, quote, the erstwhile fun home star, Malone, is enchanting as she evolves from dreamy tomboy to headstrong wife to new money firebrand while blazing through songs, including I Ain't Down Yet, I've Already Started In, and Belly Up to the Bar. She even manages to sell some of Scanlon's hokier lines and more far-fetched bits, but even so, the book scenes often feel sluggish. You wait impatiently for Malone and the talented company to start singing and dancing again. When they do... This new Molly Brown doesn't just sail, it soars. Mm-hmm. I am very much on board with what Raven Snook Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So we've got a ton to get through. So let's just dive into the rest of this news here. Actually, yesterday, the Apollo Theater announced its first multi-work commissioning initiative dedicated to the creation of a diverse 21st century American performing arts canon, Apollo New Works. This new program extends the nonprofit Apollo Theater's commitment to the articulation and projection of the African American and African diasporic nar- narrative. Many of the works will premiere at the Apollo's new theaters at the Victoria, scheduled to open in fall 2020. Apollo New Works will provide audience access to some of the commissions while in process and will allow artists to respond to and be inspired by 
Harlem, the Apollo Theater, and its communities. This sounds Love awesome. I'm that. so excited yeah. about Blue being there yes. and then all of this stuff that they're doing. These are going to be works of not just theater, but music and dance and a lot of other things as well, which I think is mm-hmm. uh, is fantastic and something befitting an institution as important exactly. and historic as the Apollo. Love to see all this expansion they're doing in their programming in the uh, year in years late. Absolutely. Also, yesterday, Club Thumb announced that it has extended the return engagement of Ethan Lipton's Tomacho, starring John Ellison Conley, Philippa Sue, Andy Gratolution, and more. The show will now play through March 21st. After it was reported last fall on Thursday night, Baz Bama Boy from the London Daily Mail confirmed that Evo Van Hova Van Hove will direct a stage adaptation <laughs> of the Stephen King novel The Shining. I like it. Simon Stevens. I mean, I'm going to have to cover my bases. Yeah, Simon right. Stevens will adapt the work for the stage. No timeline venue or casting has been announced, but last year I heard that if some casting folks got their way, and I have no idea if they did, wherever the show ends up could be a Barry good place to see a show and finally in this section the new that was awful i can't believe i put that in a script and finally in this section the new music consequences that's all right that's what i deserve after missing dana h and is this true uh and finally in this section the new musical americano which recently wrapped up a world premiere in phoenix will have its off-broadway debut this april at new world stages the show will begin performances on april 17th and actually, I have one recommendation. It is the trailer for the new film adaptation of the iconic Noel Coward play Blythe Spirit. This will star Dan Stevens as Charles, Isla Fisher as Ruth, Leslie Mann as Elvira, and the great and the good former, not pre, it was pre Tell Me More, but my former guest here on Broadway Radio, Judy Dench, uh-huh. uh, as well. It looks wonderful. It looks perfect. I'm very excited for this, so check out the trailer in the uh, in the show notes and embroideryradio.com. All right, Ashley, the thing that you have been waiting all day for me to Correct. get into. I cannot wait for this. <laughs> okay, so first off, on Tuesday night, I saw the national tour of Mean Girls at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts here in sunny Orlando, Florida. Uh, as people who listen know, I am an unmitigated fan of Mean Girls. I've seen it twice on Broadway, and even though I completely recognize that the show is not great, it has um, plenty of issues in its construction and its writing, um, I enjoy it nonetheless. Now, the stars of this tour, including um, uh, Danielle Wade, who is um, a swing and a standby on Broadway. She plays Katie Heron. Uh, the Plastics um, are played by, let me get all these names right, uh, Mariah Rose Faith as Regina George, Megan Masako Haley as Gretchen Wieners, and Jonalyn Saxer as Karen Smith. Jonalyn was also in the Broadway ensemble as well. Then Mary-Kate Morrissey, former Alpha Bond tour, plays Janice, and Eric Huffman plays Damien. Um, none of the people in this cast were as individually as talented, as compelling as their counterparts that I saw in the original cast on Broadway. Okay. So let me get that out of the way. The people on Broadway, and maybe it's because I know them like better, like I know of their careers, I, I enjoyed them more. But the production as a whole is tighter and funnier in this touring production than it was either time that I saw it on Broadway. So I know they've made, and we've talked about it. They've made some changes to the Broadway or to the tour Mm -hmm. script and stuff. And I believe those changes are going to be, have been, and will continue to be included um, in, in the Broadway version. And I think they work. I, I think they, they are good, but it's not just the changes. It was the timing and the energy, everything about this just felt tighter 
and um, a little bit more polished for some reason, which is crazy to me. But I loved it. My brother went with me um, and he's never seen the Mean Girls movie, had never listened to the cast album. And he uh, he enjoyed it just as much as I did. And my brother is not someone who would normally be a Mean Girls kind of guy. So um, really enjoyed that. It is heading uh, from the it's at the Dr. Phillips Center through March 1st. And then it's heading to Fort Lauderdale, New Orleans. Denver, Vegas, Tempe, LA, and so on and so forth throughout the rest of 2020. But I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Big plus. Then, Big plus. Then, and then... Then we head to the Hamilton. First off, getting from Orlando to Miami should not take five hours. The Ooh. construction around um, Miami is horrific. Um, but... First off, we we're, we only went because we won. My brother won the ham for ham lottery, so ten buck tickets. Like, of course, these you know on Broadway, can't, those are in the first couple can't of rows. Pass up Hamilton for ten bucks, except for when you're not actually even in Miami. Mm. You're actually like in Sarasota watching it with these seats. We were very disappointed to realize that our seats were like uh, like five to maybe ten rows from the top of the very very oh, large yeah. theater. I saw your picture and couldn't even find the stage. Yeah, if if we had known that, we probably wouldn't have gone. If we had known that this production would have been the equivalent of a mid-sized city regional mm. production in which mm, the city's mm, best mm. musical theater talent did not audition, we definitely would not have gone. This is the Angelica Tour, Oof. and starring as Alexander Hamilton was Edred Utomi. Eliza Hamilton was Zoe Jensen, who I actually saw in We Are the Tigers last year off-Broadway. Aaron Burr was played by Josh Tower. Um, Angelica Schuyler was played by Stephanie Umo, who played Sarah in the revival of Ragtime on Broadway. Um, then Olivia Puckett played Peggy Schuyler and Mariah Reynolds. She actually had the best voice for her role in the whole show as playing Mariah, but it still never rose to the level of, uh, uh, you know, transportive or incredibly impressive. I will I save for maybe King George the Third played by Peter Matthew Smith. Um, none of the male principals had voices that needed to be in these roles. Mm -hmm. I was absolutely flabbergasted at how poor the casting was for this tour. Wow! Um, and my brother saw the Hamilton tour with me here in Orlando uh, a year ago. Okay, a little over that's a year what ago. I was going to ask because I didn't know if he had seen it before and yes, what, he had. Yep. what he was thinking about this production as well. Correct. Yeah, we had seen the, I guess that would have been Philip tour with uh, my mm, friend Aaron yeah. J. Albano in it. Um, and he loved it. That was the first time my brother had seen it. He fell in love with it. He has plans to see it in New York next month. So he was super geek. That's why he was entering the lottery. Sure. Um, and don't tell him I told you this, but he wanted to leave at intermission. So um, <gasps> wow. I talked him out of it. Part of that. Part of that was because how disappointed he was with the seats. He didn't realize sure, like, yeah. he felt bad that we drove all the way down there for these crappy seats. Um, but it was. It was not good, actually. Oh, I was shocked. You know, and, and I told my brother this, that a lot of people have said that if you saw it with the original cast, no cast is ever going to reach that. Obviously, that's true for a lot sure. of Broadway shows. Yeah. But the experience of seeing Hamilton the second or third time never lives up to your first time, no matter who's in the Very cast. Very true. Because it Very is true. so overwhelmingly impressive. 
Um, I don't think that's what this was because this was my fourth no, time sure, seeing it. Because and I I've, still... I've seen it multiple times as well. And I mean, my first time was seeing it with the original Broadway cast and the second time was replacement cast. And it was still, I mean, Hamilton on Broadway and great. Right. So yeah. it's not that. No, this was just, it felt very much like a production you would see in, you know, Sheboygan um in you know 15 20 years using the original costumes staging and set with people who you know are like the second or third level talent in Sheboygan and i'm sure those people are all super talented they just didn't fit the roles so you weren't able to see how talented they were so i was incredibly disappointed and shocked at how underwhelmed i was by the performances you would think it would be very difficult to screw up hamilton but alas well see i just see i don't i think that it's 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 very hard to get it right because i think those the roles were so written for the people who performed them or at least the final versions were molded oh yeah of course yeah and it's so hard to find another david diggs um to do if you if you don't at least have like chris jackson in mind when you're writing your role yeah, and they just didn't. I mean, uh, the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson was Bryce and Bruce, and he was objectively not good. Mm. Um, the George Washington was Paul Oakley Stovall, and he, I think he has a good voice. I honestly couldn't tell you if he does or not. Um, same thing wow. with Aaron Burr. I was just, I was shocked at how underwhelmed and disappointed I was. So I'm bringing you straight talk right here. Sorry. I normally try to be positive, but I was, there was literally nothing. Um, that I could be super positive hey, when, about. And when, it's, I normally, when it's Hamilton and so, you know, well regarded yes. and usually so expensive, you gotta you yes. gotta talk about it. Yeah, well and I I think I've said this before. The first time I saw Hamilton, I of course just tried to watch everything and especially the principles. Mm-hmm. The next two times, the thing that I love the most about the show is the staging and the ensemble. And oh, perhaps yeah. because I was a mile and a half away. I couldn't appreciate that as much this time. So that might have added to some Maybe. of my uh, my discontentness for the show. But uh, because that is my favorite part yeah, of the no show. Yeah, no longer but... able to pick up on the small things if you can't Correct. see them. Right. I literally, because I always try to watch the bullet. Once the bullet has yeah. been established as to who she is, I try to follow her because it. There, we, I've heard so many times from people talk about the fact that like she follows Hamilton. Whenever they're close together, she tries to always be right behind mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. And I honestly couldn't keep up with who the bullet was. I was so far away. Oh, <laughs> so anyway, I'm just, it's a warning. If you haven't seen Hamilton and you have the chance to see the Angelica tour, see it because it's still... It's still Hamilton. It's not, it wasn't a train wreck. Like the production went smoothly. It just wasn't um, well cast, in my opinion. And I don't think that it was a bad night because that would mean that like 30 people had a bad night Ugh, on the same night. Yeah. So I find that hard to believe. But anyway, sorry, not sorry, as they say sorry, in, uh, in six. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the t- the Hamilton tour, I don't know which one, is coming through Orlando next year. So I will be very, very hopeful that it is not the same company, although it's like not going to be for for like 15, 16 months. So I'm sure it'll be different people by then. But And then there will be another one two years after that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This thing ain't going to stop anytime soon. <laughs> anyway, that is all I have. Thank you for listening to me rant at the end of the show. Uh, don't tell Lynn I said this. Uh, but thanks for You're listening to Today on Broadway. Tweets. Follow us on... Well, he doesn't tweet anymore, so he's not on uh, Twitter very true, much. Yeah. Uh, anyway, 
Yeah, he did tweet something about uh, the census. So go over there. Him oh. and AOC did some uh, did a commercial for the census. So go watch that on Lynn's uh, on Lynn's stuff. But anyway, thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWB Man. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No. This is Ashley. All right, you can find us all over patreoncom slash Radio. Hopefully, my new Tell Me More or Tell Me Mores will be up on their ASAP. But if not, I will definitely have at least one of the episodes in the podcast regular feed on Saturday. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you on Monday. <laughs>